Hi, you're listening to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. You're about to listen to, to Talitha Peters Althouse. And when I received her submission in December, I was really grateful because it covers a topic that actually hadn't been spoken about and on the Expressing Motherhood uh, stage. And we've done the show for 10 and a half years. So I'm grateful to have Talitha uh, share her story with you. Talitha Peters Althouse is an experienced creative director with expertise in brand development for consumer brands and a passion for building dynamic campaigns. She has worked for brands including Hot Look, Soul Society, Fabletics, and Warner Brothers. Her biggest passion, however, has always been writing. She lives in Westchester, Los Angeles with her husband and two girls ages six and nine. So without further ado, here's Talitha in Expressing Motherhood. He told me to pack a bag and get in the car. He said he was done and that I either go to rehab or he would get a restraining order against me. What? That is ridiculous. I'm taking Ambien for sleep. I haven't even taken it in like four days. You haven't taken it in four days? No, I swear to God, I haven't taken it in four days. Do you know that you went to McDonald's last night in the middle of the night and got a Happy Meal? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I am done. I'm not leaving. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm going to lose my job over this, and and it's going to be all your fault. And what are you going to tell the kids? You don't go today, you'll never see them again. I stuff a few pieces of clothing in a backpack, storm out of the house, and throw myself in the passenger seat of the car. As he slams my door shut, he yells, you didn't bring any Ambien, right? Fuck you. I ended up spending nearly eight weeks in rehab. And I'm not talking about a spa in Malibu with acupuncture and a private chef. I was surrounded by heroin and meth addicts and dealers uh, that were sent here to lessen their prison sentences. Clearly, I did not belong here. (laughs) The first few weeks, I was in complete denial, um, and I pointed the finger at everyone else but myself, including the doctor that prescribed it to me, the Ambien to me, my stressful job, and of course, my husband, for abandoning me and leaving me in the dump. Every day passed slowly in a haze of me missing my kids. All I could think about was going home and seeing their little faces. I learned quickly, though, that was not going to happen anytime soon. I was to participate fully in the daily grind of meetings, group meetings, one-on-one meetings, therapy appointments, and, of course, drug and alcohol tests. All anyone talked about were the horrors that happened to them, the triggers that led them to overdose, the overdoses that could have cost them their lives. I... None of it was anything I could relate to. I didn't have a terrible childhood. I I wasn't abused. I wasn't in and out of foster care or jail. I was a privileged white woman with an important job and and a beautiful family. Everything should have been perfect for me. At night, I lay away thinking, unable to sleep. I had no phone to distract me, no book to keep me company, and no TV to entertain me. I got so restless that I started writing in a journal. First, it was a place for me to vent about how much I hated being there, that no one came to visit me, and having to share a room with four women I had nothing in common with. But when I ran out of things to complain about, I started digging for the truth. I wanted to know how I got here, what happened to me, who I was. And then one night, very deep into the morning, I uncovered a pain that I wanted to run from, but didn't, a pain that revealed the deepest, darkest, most shameful truth. I was the one that doctor shopped driving around town, collecting prescriptions from numerous doctors. Shit, I called the pharmacy myself, pretending to be a doctor. I ordered pills from India, hundreds at a time, and hid stashes everywhere. 
Not only did I drive to McDonald's, I, I drove around many times with no recollection of it. I was a danger to myself and my kids, and the reason my marriage was falling apart. I got here all by myself. I could no longer point the finger at anyone else. As I wrote it, regret settled into my DNA and, and will forever be a part of me. I was just like Laura, who drove drunk and killed someone, just like William, who had been in and out of prison for dealing meth, just like 18-year-old Mary, who'd been in rehab six times for heroin. I was just as much of an addict as anyone here. I abused the Ambien like an al alcoholic does the drink, putting the drug first and everything else last. Over the next several weeks, I stayed focused and I made a slow and agonizing way to the end of the program. I participated fully in meetings and held back nothing, sharing my deepest, Douglas, darkest, ugliest truths. No one judged me. Everyone accepted me and they treated me like family. They reminded me I wasn't alone. The four women I shared my room with became my best friends, my sisters. Every night, we laughed and cried until we fell asleep. On the day I was to be discharged, my counselor said, did I have any parting words? I said, if I've learned anything here, it's we're all the same. I thought I was better, I wasn't. I thought I wasn't an addict, I am. I learned not just who I am, but who I need to be. And I want to thank you all. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And I owe my friends and my family, and especially my husband, a deep apology. When I look up, he's standing in the doorway listening with tears in his eyes. I realize in that moment, he wasn't the one that was gone, that didn't visit me, that wasn't there for me. I was. He was there the whole time.